Good evening, everybody. You're welcome to Create or Die Trying on Facebook Live and on Instagram Live. Thanks for tuning in, guys. You guys are always awesome. You know that. How was your weekend? Hope you had a wonderful one. Hope it wasn't too stressful. I know the heat's going around town these days. It's just like, ah, something else. Very, very hot weather. But I guess we're preparing for the raining season, so it's going to get cold really fast. All right. So again, thanks for tuning in. Now, first off, I need to get this out for those who don't know straight out. Today is the 13th year wedding anniversary of myself and my wife, of course, not to anybody else, just of me. So this is going out to my empress out there, Titinaya Badmas Ganyu. Thanks for the wonderful years. And also for those wonderful creatures who have chosen us to bless. Thanks a big, a big, a big one, baby. And you are awesome, remain awesome, and great in everything that you do. We are going to be, yeah, awesome. All right, guys. Um, I something else happened over the weekend beyond all that. There's going to be a lot of parties and a lot of stuff that have happened and all of that. But over the weekend, um, um, my people, Imole Accessories, they had a sales event near the office area here at Omole, and it was quite interesting. They were selling all kinds of ladies and children's things. It was great. And ladies, if you missed that, uh, maybe you missed the advert or something, there's going to be uh, another one coming up in a month. So watch out for details of that. I'll probably put up the advert on, on um, my page as it goes. And then also, guys, we'll be moving our podcast to Anchor FM soon. Anchor FM, we found out, has a lot more space to accommodate all the past shows we have had. And so we can put a lot more episodes there for people to download. So we'll be moving to Anchor FM soon. But meanwhile, we still have episodes available on Spreaker as podcasts, you can get them and listen to them and then send your feedback or questions or whatever. Let's know that you're following us and tracking what we're doing as we're growing together as we do this. All right. Now, this one must be addressed. All right. Quite a lot of people are talking about it. Thanos is out in the world now. Okay. Thanos is out and people are talking about how great Infinity Wars, Avengers Infinity War is as a movie and all that now why i haven't seen the movie yet i know from everything i've seen or heard uh, from trailer to comments and near reviews and uh, spoiler freeze talk and all of that I, I know it's going to be an awesome movie i'm really totally expecting to be blown out completely okay well i know it's going to be awesome because i know my illustration showing june 12 putting thanos in his place is awesome as well okay i know you guys are talking about that that is out of my page i put it out i think uh, exactly the day after uh, uh, Avengers Infinity War came out. So that's out there as well. That's how we roll in Nigeria, Thanos. Don't come near here. We will put you down. All right? Okay, guys. Now, anyways, uh, it's a great time to be alive. Creativity is king in all areas of human endeavor now. And there's never been a better time to be creative or to be a creative. All right? It seems like there's so much things going on around the world, problems and all whatnot, advances in technological uh, uh, um, um, discoveries and all of that. We're having quite a lot of things going on. It's never been a better time to be a creative person. There's a lot more tools, a lot more information out there, and a lot more uh, facilities and materials and tools that we can actually use to create and become better as we create. So in view of that, um, we have talked about illustration before on this show, but today we look at that core of art again and how we can take it as an illustrator from being good to being great. Now, there's quite a lot of things going on there. Of course, uh, it, sometimes it's subjective. People say art is not exactly good or bad. It depends on the person that's doing it. 
But we also will agree on things that make a good art a good art. Likewise, when it comes to illustration, there are some things that just makes it awesome beyond that. You know a bad illustration when you see one. To deny it is actually to try and encourage the person to just keep drawing and not give up. Yes, you can encourage people, but we should also understand immediately that there is a marked difference between an illustration that is just about okay and one that is absolutely fantastic. Okay, so what we'll be sharing today is just um, we look at illustration and then looking at how to take it from being good to being great. Okay, thanks again for tuning in, everybody, on Instagram and on Facebook Live. Remember, you can comment as much as you like and ask questions as we go on with today's topic. All right, so let's do this. Illustration, aka the translation of ideas from the non visual to the visual, is very core of artistic expression and it's often said that no amount of dressing in the guise of a painting or in the, in the level of colors you have or even gold plating or other things can make a bad illustration good all right so a great painting of a bad illustration is always going to be a bad painting so if your illustration is off aka if your drawing is off the painting is going to be off almost immediately like that's the foundation of all aspect of artistic expression if you are not able to illustrate well then you're not able to actually put anything out that is completely great. So why does illustration have such power around the artistic realm? I think this is the core of it. Illustration has that kind of power because it seeks to tell a story in one glance, in one frame, in one shot. As an illustrator, your goal is to be able to craft as many stories as possible or tell everything about the story, a complete story with a twist, with a cliffhanger, the suspense, and all the things that make the story a story in such a way that no one misses the story when they see your illustration. All right? Your focus on illustration is to put together an image, one image that tells a complete story with everything that comes with story writing. All right? And then when people see that your illustration does not get translated into something else, exactly what you want to see, the stories that you want to tell is exactly what you tell. Now, looking at that as a foundation, you can tell why a bad painting, I mean, a, bad, a painter of a bad illustration would always come out to be a bad painting. Because the essence of a painting in the, in the end is what this painting says to the viewers, says to, to the people that are observing it. So it's about the story that the painting contains. And that story is always imbued in the painting from the illustration's point of view. All right? So the illustrator is the one that grounds that painting in its direction of course, telling the story. And every other thing on top is just dressing to make it a little bit more attractive, a little more fanciful, to make people see it or notice at a glance. Okay, but the illustration is what puts together all the, all the components, the elements of what makes the drawing or the painting tell that story appropriately. Okay, so an illustrator makes a better comic artist. This I've always said for a long while. I try not to um, uh, address myself as a comic artist. Better, yeah, better as an illustrator because what I've found out over the years is that an illustrator, that someone who can tell a story in one single frame of a drawing is always better than a comic artist who tend to only have specific form of expressions in what they draw, all right? So when an illustrator draws a comic book, you can tell the difference from when someone who's just familiar with drawing comic books draws that same comic book. So an illustrator makes a better comic artist, makes a better animator, makes a better painter, in fact, a better everything because of only one thing. An illustrator can tell stories better, okay? So the essence of being an illustrator is to be able to tell your stories and tell them well with one single frame and one drawing. Why do they make better animators? See, you know that what is in one single frame of an animation 
is a core part of the storytelling process. It has its own story. Joined with other frames of the animation, the story gets completed, all right, over a period of time as people are watching that animation. So an illustrator understands while drawing a character walking that it is not just about the legs moving, it's about the arms moving, it's about the facial, facial um, expressions on the character, it's about the way the clothes move, it's about the environment that the character is standing in, it's about the people that are passing by behind the character as the animation is going on. It's about getting everything told in that one single frame. Okay, so, and that almost indeed translates into what makes a better comic artist because it, uh, an animator is just the guy who takes, instead of drawing the frames in panels, draw the frames equally in the, in the same equal size over a period of time, and these are previewed in front of the eye at such a speed to give them the illusion of life. But the illustrator makes it better when it takes on that. Now, what we will do today is share some of my methods for um, taking my illustrations from the good to good to great. I believe over the years, uh, having done some illustration work for clients and for myself, and, and then putting my own portfolio and all that, I've put together um, some things I've learned, all right? And they have been able to create what I call um, a, 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 an expectedly great reaction from the audiences when I get my illustrations out there. So what I'll share with you is, those methods of mine, those, those things I keep in mind that guide me towards making that happen. And I will also be sharing tips from uh, a Daniel Stoll, an American professional illustrator who has been illustrating for over 11 years now. He shares that um, those tips of his. There are 50 tips in all, but there, there is a collection of them all, and they have uh, some for clients and some for a uh, specific expression of, of, of the illustrator's mind in itself. Okay? Now, kindly note that this. Whatever I'm about to share with you does not constitute the law as to how to take your illustration from good to great. It's my method that has worked, and I can bet you that if you try it out, it will work for you too. Whatever level your illustration is right now, it can always be better. That is one of the uh, advantages of being a creative person. Your last and best, your best illustration is actually your last one. Okay, so you can always get it better this time. Okay, now. Your comments and questions are welcome. Please put them out there. Even share your own tips, your own suggestions and methods on how to get your illustrations or how others can get the illustration from being good to great on the comment section. Please don't hesitate to do that. Now, let's quickly get into the matter. Um, these tips I'm about to share would only reflect two particular areas of uh, expressing yourself as an illustrator. One, when you're doing non-commissioned work, that is work that is basically yours, you're just trying to be the portfolio, you're trying to express yourself by creating one image or the other, that is uh, the one side of it. And the other is actually applicable to commissioned works or briefs. Now note this, it is important, even when you're doing things for yourself, you have a brief, all right? Even though we're talking about them as if they're separate right now, as an individual, if you sit down and you want to come up with a drawing purely on your own, you have to give yourself a brief. What exactly are you expecting to achieve at the end of that drawing? So that is not exactly too separate from what your clients will give to you when asking you to get an illustration done for them, whether it's in the form of uh, an illustration for children's books or for a book cover or for a magazine or calendar or for a comic book or animation or even for a video game. So it's all encompassing. The idea is not about the briefs themselves or where uh, um, the, the idea, the, the mean, the reason for doing that illustration is coming from, but more into getting the illustration itself to be great when you get it done. Okay? Now, the first tip 
um, goes into uh, briefs specifically. Learn to read between the lines. All right. This is particularly important, and I can tell you that uh, movie producers, writers, and uh, uh, great animators and illustrators note this all the time. Whatever brief you are given, oftentimes there's special meaning in between the words beyond just what is written in the brief as we want to draw, I uh, want you to get a drawing of. Let me just give an example out here, and I use this a lot for my students when I teach. Uh, you are given a brief to draw um, two children on the way to school, an older sister of 10 years old and a younger one of five years old on the way to school. Now the brief ends right there. Now in that single statement, it seems quite clear to just say uh, an older sister and a younger brother are on their way to school. Now, a lot of things are not mentioned in that brief that need to be included in the illustration that will have to be filled up by you as an illustrator. For instance, how do you show that they are on their way to school in that single drawing that you're asked to do? How do you even know they are, they are, they are, they are dressed for school? All right? How do you know their age? What are the things that you need to depict in the illustration that will show all the aspects of that simple line of brief? learn to read between the lines. There's a lot more information hidden in every line, every line of brief that you get, including the ideas you want to create for yourself, okay? Number two, stick to the key elements, okay? And that also goes back to giving yourself a brief or the, uh, understand the initial idea for the illustration itself. There will be things that I mentioned in the script or the brief or in the, in the original idea for what you're about to draw. These things are key elements that you cannot afford to leave out of the illustration when you're doing it. If for any reason it is mentioned that there is a red cup on a table beside two children on their way to school, you cannot get that illustration done without imputing that red cup into it. Stick to key elements in the illustration expression. And these key elements when doing other things might be in terms of costume, might be in terms of facial uh, attributes, might be in terms of physical attributes, might be in terms of clothing, I mean, in terms of environment, but stick to the key elements. There are some things that once you uh, get them into the illustration, everything else makes sense. All right. So find out from your brief immediately what are the things that immediately set the tone and pace for what your entire illustration looks like and ensure that they are well depicted in your illustration. All right. If uh, let's go back to that initial brief about uh, two kids on their way to school. Key elements, two kids. Key elements, school, these are things that must be expressed in that illustration for it to actually be a fulfillment of the brief or idea that was espoused in the initial brief itself. So you must remember to stick to the key elements of your illustration brief. Okay, now number three, render common objects when addressing the public. In other words, use the familiar. Okay, now I'm going into the very, very basic of it to get us to understand uh, the things we need to use excuse me, while getting illustrations done, all right? Use the familiar when you illustrate. A friend of mine used to say, uh, always start from the known to the unknown. Get people to see what they are familiar with first before showing them those things that they don't know. Now, there's a lot of things that goes around. Um, you, you have, for instance, when you're asked to draw, this is very simple. You're asked to draw a ball, all right? Now, that sounds like the simplest thing you can actually conceive. But if you draw, um, a, a, a rugby football, a rugby, a rugby ball, or you're drawing a cricket ball, things that are not exactly familiar to a lot of people, chances are it will not be called a ball in front uh, when your viewers get to see them. 
So you must look out for the, the image of a ball that is most common, that a lot more people are immediately familiar with. Likewise, when drawing an image of a chair, for instance, there are common uh, representations of what a chair is. Yes, you can stylize. Yes, there's a lot of ways the chairs can be. It can be made of plastic, aluminum, it can curve, it can be straight, it can be angular. It can be a variety of things. But ultimately, you do not want your information confused. So you go with the most familiar representation of a chair. Four legs, a backrest, and a, a, a seat top. Simple. All right? Stick to the familiar. Use the common object. Use common objects when rendering an environment. If you're trying to draw a house, don't try to go unnecessarily, um, uh, how do I call it now, idealistic, unless it is required in the brief. When you're asked to draw a house in your environment, look for the most common-looking houses in your environment to render. Okay? Now, um, this one goes even broader. Number four goes broader. Draw, don't draw the expected. All right? Always add a little bit of extra. Don't draw the expected. Now, it seems to contradict the first one about drawing, using the family and drawing common objects. No, it doesn't actually. It simply means you must take what, is, what you are requested to illustrate and then add an extra to it. You are expected to draw a ball, not exactly the one that FIFA will use regularly or the one that is used in South Africa, okay? Or that was used in South Africa, I mean. So it's, it's like adding that little extra that makes it your work as an illustrator, not just a, a typewritten uh, translation from a script into a visual like that. Because whatever level of illustration you're doing, as an illustrator, you must add some level of your own self, your own creativity must be imputed in there, okay? So add that extra, make things interesting. Now, make... Number five says, mix things up. Number five says, mix things up. Think of new ways to say old things, all right? Don't just um, express them as, as exactly as seen, okay? Uh, don't expect them, don't express them exactly as described or as expected uh, for, from you initially. Maybe we have all drawn Superman before, right? I mean, a lot of people know Superman, and you're going to have to render an illustration of Superman. You make your illustration a little bit more appealing and different from the norm. If your Superman happened to be, I don't know, Kenyan, all right, something different. Can you imagine a Superman with um, uh, uh, Yoruba marks on his face? All right, that takes your drawing beyond what is expected, what is normal of that particular character. Even though the character is, is known by everybody and this is how they seem, they are going to just not draw him exactly as expected it to be. And that only applies if you're expressing yourself, by the way. I should correct that. Do not draw it. If your client requests for you to draw Superman, please ensure you're rendering Superman as expected by the client. However, when you want to take your personal illustrations and your own ideas into the next level, you need to add a little bit of mixing to it. Just mix things up a little bit. Do not draw it exactly as expected. I had a few drawings back where I drew the Trinity of Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman in in African garb, where Wonder Woman had a shield and, and a cutlass as against the sword, and she was wearing her head, head gear and wearing Euro and Buba as she walked around. And Batman's entire cape was just this vast, big Agbada with his um, bat, um, bat, bat image on it, bat uh, logo on his chest, actually the embroidery on the Agbada, and he was wearing an Aveti cap, which actually ended up forming the ears for that particular um, uh, whatever that this costume, you know, he has the ears up there. So that drawing was able to express uh, Batman, Superman, and Wonder Woman. In Superman, I just put him in a dance and gave him fiber marks, and then his head 
was just not the usual S all over your basically Afro dense hair and all that. So, and then the embroidery on his chest, of course, from the S that we've always known Superman with. It's still Superman. Immediately you see it, you know it's Superman. Immediately you see Batman, you know it's Batman. But something about it just mixed up the entire uh, American-based Superman and Batman and Wonder Woman into an African-rendered setup. So when they come out, they look completely different. I'll find a way, um, see if I can, during the course of the show, to put that image up. I, I think I still have it somewhere here. I'll try and see if I can put it up before the show runs out so that people haven't seen it can actually get to check that out. Okay, now, so mix things up. All right, number six, at least. Okay, number six, be original. All right, that, I guess, follows up mixing things up. Remember we said this about creativity. It is actually finding a link or creating a link between two, two or more things that previously had no link. So uh, being original is essentially a kind of mix-up setup. Being original is not easy, but it's not as hard as it is even put it out to be. Being original means taking what is known and mixing it up with something else to create something that is not generally known about the previous thing that was on ground. So your originality is not going to come out of the blue that you're going to draw a human being that has five legs. That is not exactly the original end of things that we're going. It's still going to be a human being, but what attributes will you mix up with that human being to ensure that the human being comes out as a different character, a different being, a different expression altogether? So being original is about creating new mixes, all right? It's not about creating new, uh, new um, illustrations or new... Uh, setup. It's about creating new mixes in your illustration. So mixing things up gives you originality. It's not easy, all right, because the wrong mix can get you into the wrong area. But you need to find the right mix. It's easier when you just keep trying it out. You get there. Okay. Number eight. Number seven. I think number seven. Now this one came from when I was way younger. I was probably like about six or seven, and it's one of the things I did a lot of up until I was I was twelve years old. Copy till you get it, all right? Copy as much as you can until you get it. I can tell you straight up that I didn't know how to draw human feet for a long time until I actually started copying some comic books while I was in GS1 in secondary school, all right? So copying is not about replicating uh, and somebody else's idea at all. It is more about studying somebody else's work, all right? Copying is a form of study. You are actually going to need to look at what somebody has already done, look at it very well, and remember what that person has done to be able to copy it well. All right? So copying is a way to actually train yourself to study and observe things differently. So copy until you get it right. Okay? There are quite a lot of things I know over a period of time I learned. So if there's one artist out there who is drawing in a particular way and is just illustrations are getting uh, the kind of uh, review or views that I would like to get, I studied that particular comic uh, illustrator, and then try to copy some of the things they have done. Not to keep using their copy, but copy to actually get their own style, to actually get their own way of getting illustrations done so that I can add that to my own repertoire. Okay? So think about that. Copy till you get it. Now, this one is important for any illustrator out there, whether you're going to be in animation or comic books or painting or any form of artistic expression that requires illustration at all. Number eight, anatomy and life drawing. You cannot get through being an illustrator without understanding the human form to the hilt. You need to understand the full aspect of the human form, how it works, how it moves, how it doesn't move, what it can do and what it cannot do, what the muscular structure is, the, the, the bone structure, the skeleton, 
everything about the human anatomy, you must study and understand it. And then one of the good ways to actually do this and add some other things to boot is to get involved in life drawing. Okay, life drawing simply means or imply drawing life human beings right before your eyes. As they stand before you, you actually sketch them out on paper. Now, this doesn't mean you have to get into school to make sure life drawing happens. You just need to find yourself a model, all right? And that can be anybody. Mommy is sitting down in the chair somewhere and then she's not moving or she's sleeping. Just tell her, Mom, give me 10 minutes, just stay right there. I'm just going to draw that out. Anybody at any point in time can be your model if you can talk to them and get them to pose for you. But you need to understand studying human anatomy is going to be a core part of what makes you a great illustrator. All right. And then another thing during that particular one is understand that you can actually use yourself as your own study point for live drawing, whether it's by taking pictures or drawing your own face. I learned a lot about human expressions uh, in, in the early secondary school by drawing my own face in various expressions. I found out how far the face squeezes when you're angry, when you're smiley annoyed, when you're totally laughing or just smiling. I was able to study a lot of the human uh, facial movements by studying my own face and drawing that. And that didn't, well, the, the side effect of that is I end up drawing a lot, a lot of my face when I'm drawing things. Okay, so I mean, it just stuck in my hand. Normally, as an artist, you add a little bit of yourself into your artwork, but using my face as my study point has got me to just. I'm putting my face in just about everybody now. All right, so it takes greater effort to break up, but it's a good way to learn how to get the, uh, the facial expressions done right. Now, this doesn't just train your hands, all right? Live drawing or studying anatomy, live drawing particularly doesn't just train your hands. It actually uh, trains your memory, all right? Uh, I've been asked how that works before, and I'm going to explain that now. Live drawing trains your memory because you cannot look at who you're drawing and draw that person at the same time. Live drawing requires that you look at the person, observe them for a period, and then look back on your paper and draw that person on the paper. Drawing from memory, that means you have got to remember everything you just looked at to put it on paper. And when you don't remember, you look back up to actually make further observations. Now there's a reason why this also even boosts you better as an illustrator. Live drawing is often, you're not even in live drawing class for those who have been to professional uh, uh, training schools in live drawing and all that. You are, not asked, you are not asked to actually make a drawing of the model. You are asked to make a study of the model. There's a reason why the word study is used because most of us tend to draw from imagination or from, mem from memory or from whatever it is that we've been trained or what we have maybe in our comic books or in our cartooning life, or in our illustration, and our animation life. Whatever the case is, we tend to want to draw from memory. But life drawing teaches you to draw from what you're seeing before your eyes. So it teaches you to observe better. All right? It teaches you to observe better. Your observation skills can be improved by life drawing. You need that. And with your improvement in life drawing, it becomes easier to put human elements into your illustration because there are very few illustrations, if any at all, that can stand on their own without some reference into human anatomy or humanity because people relate better with human elements in illustrations. It's as simple as that, okay? Now, immediately you're doing a study of life drawing, this is one other thing it helps you with. Number nine, understand light and lighting, okay? One of the best ways to study light and lighting is through life drawing, studying human beings, and objects in their real form and trying to replicate those things as you observe them on paper. 
you will observe a lot more about the structure of the human face and lighting when you're drawing it from uh, a light model before you. Because the way light falls on the face differs from person to person, but there are some basic uh, structures of the face that uh, shows up when light falls on it, whether from the front or from the side or from the back. These are things that you will get to learn if you are doing life drawing. So life drawing would also help you understand that number eight point, which is understanding light and lighting. Study it as much as you can and always make sure in your illustrations and renderings, you respect that a lot. Because without light and lighting, everything looks just flat. So you get a better depth to your illustration when you introduce light into it and other things, all right? The other thing that you might want to learn immediately aside from that will be number nine now, or is it that, uh, number nine now, which is understand perspectives and ratio very well. Understand the difference between objects that are closer to you when drawing and objects that are further away from you in your drawing. Understand how to work with perspective in all its various angles. There are various points in which perspective works. There's two-point perspective, single-point perspective, or three-point perspectives. These are things you need to understand and know in your drawings. And these things will always ensure that some level of energy or direction is maintained in your illustrations when you get it done. Okay? So understand lighting and lights and understand perspective as number nine. Now, number 10, these two things I just mentioned before, uh, understand lighting and lightning, light and lightning and perspective leads into this. Learn to keep the energy in your work. In your illustration, you need to express energy. No matter what kind of energy it is, it needs to be expressed in there. Is it speed? Is it despair? Is it danger? Is it love? Is it anger? Is it motion? You need to uh, get those represented in your illustrations because that is what will emote with the viewers of your drawing. Let somebody be able to look at what you have drawn and be able to feel the sorrow of the character in that illustration or the eagerness of the character in that illustration or the speed of the impact or the strength of the impact in that particular illustration. How do you make, for instance, for comic artists, how do you make the punch vibrate through the entire panel? What view is required to make the punch more impactful? A punch that is side viewed and straight doesn't have as much impact as a punch that goes from behind uh, the character towards the face uh, of the viewer in that kind of perspective. Or the one where the punch has already finished his shot and the, the, the punchee, or uh, the person that's receiving the punch is flying in the other direction. You see, learn to keep that energy in your illustration. Express the energy in everything you do. So if a character is smiling or there's a happy scenario that you're trying to represent, learn what position of perspectives in all the objects that you're putting on what uh, uh, role does light play in that to ensure that the mood is constantly kept in your illustration? So you need to learn to keep the energy in your illustration to maintain the mood you want to pass on according to your story. You don't want people to be laughing at a tragedy. You are drawing something that's supposed to express a tragedy, but inside your illustration, there are things that just evoke laughter. You don't want that to happen. All right? So keep the energy in your work. Now, moving on to other things a little bit, number 11. Know your tools and how they work. It is important to understand your tools. Not just, okay, I have a pencil and I'm using a pencil. Do you know what uh, a pencil is composed of? The graphite at the tip of it, what uh, kind of graphite is it? Uh, how, how strong is it? How not so strong is it? What is the pencil made of? Are you using a clutch pencil? Are you using a pen? Are you using a, a, a graphic pen? Are you using a dip pen? Are you even using a calligraphic pen to ink? 
All right, are you using a, a um, technical pen like most uh, comic book artists tend to use? Now, whichever one of the tools you are working with in Illustrate, you need to know that tool well. How is that important? By understanding how the tool works rather than knowing the tool itself, you are able to use the tools to do things even the manufacturers or makers did not expect their tools will be able to make. Do you want to be one of those persons that, um, like, uh, like the people at twoadvancedstudios.com, that actually made websites using Flash in such a way that the makers of Flash back then had to call them up and say, look, guys, how are you doing this with our software? We didn't know our software could do that. All right? Now, that is exactly how you want it to be. You want to use a 30 naira brush in such a way that the person buying a 5,000 naira brush is asking you, how are you able to use that brush to achieve that, to achieve those things? All right? So you want to know your tools in such a way that it does not matter uh, the, the, the price or the source, but more about your understanding of how the tool works to be able to achieve things. Quite a lot of things I've, I've done in my, using a mouse on a computer that a lot of people believe can only be achieved using a graphic pen. All right? Quite a lot of things have been achieved by finger painting on a touchscreen tablet that people think it's possible, that people will only say, no, that can only be possible if you're using a graphic pen or if you're using a mouse. All right? There's a lot of people who believe you can do some things unless you're using a particular kind of tool. It's never about the tool. That's another thing we're going to talk about next. That's number uh, 12 tip. All right? Number 12, um, the tool doesn't make the art. The user does. It ties into our number 11 right there. It doesn't matter what tool you are using. Your knowledge and understanding of how the tool works is what will end up creating great illustrations, not the tool themselves. The, the pen will not handle itself to draw. You will handle the pen. What you know is what the pen would achieve. And then you can trick the pen to achieving things that you want it to achieve, even if the manufacturer did not make it to achieve such things. All right? So know that the tools does not make the art. You, the user, make the art. That's why improvement on you as a person, as an individual, is what is vital to getting your illustration to go from right okay to awesomely great. Okay? Now, um, number 13. Okay, this number 13 now, yeah. Train your observation skills and memory. Then yeah, use them in your work. We've talked about the observation skills in life drawing and all of that, but there are other ways to actually train your observation skills and your memory. I remember a, a little exercise I used to do back in secondary school, and I still do it from time to time. Uh, once I step out on the road, on the streets, when I'm on the streets, on the road, I try to check out something to train my memory. My memory, I train purely by uh, 